Good morning, church. Morning. So we're going to get started kind of a little differently here. Uh, Thursday was not just any other Thursday. Uh, we're going to throw some pictures up here real quick. Uh, this past Thursday, we actually had uh, two baptisms, and uh, that's a great thing to have. Uh, these individuals didn't want to do it in front of people, uh, but this happened on Thursday, and uh, this is Stephanie, uh, and, this, and there's uh, her getting dunked in the water. Uh, Stephanie has uh, really never made this decision before. Uh, she's been to church and uh, agrees with everything that we value, agrees with everything about God and the Bible. She just never made that decision and uh, she made that decision Thursday. And here's Jessica. Jessica's sitting right here, over here. And uh, Jessica, you were christened as a baby, correct? Uh, christened and not fully immersed in baptism. And uh, she made that decision for the first time, too. So give a round of applause for make this decision, if you've never done this before, uh, feel free to go to the dwelling following service and talk to Bobby about uh, making a decision. It's one of the best decisions, if not the best decision that you could ever make in your life to follow Jesus and to declare your faith in him. Uh, speaking of uh, getting together and talking about new life, life really does happen in small groups of people. If you're not in a small group already, we encourage you to get into one. They are meeting weekly, and uh, you can find out more information at guest services right back there by the coffee bar. There'll be a volunteer there to assist you. You can also comment groups if you're watching on the live stream, and uh, that'd be great if you could do that. We'll reach out to you this week if you do comment. We've got these devotionals available for Christmas. There's four of them over there by the welcome desk. This one is the hope of Christmas, but they all have the same message uh, that God saw a broken world and decided to do something about it. And he sent Jesus to rescue us. It really is a rescue mission. And, uh, yeah, take one of these with you if uh, you are a reader, if you want to read this. You can also take them for coworkers, friends, uh, other relatives that may not know the true meaning of Christmas. Uh, this is a great way to just introduce them to that for the first time. And invite them to church on Christmas as well. So take some of these. They're completely free over there by the welcome desk when you walk in the door. Now let's talk about some of our Christmas outreaches that we're going to be doing here uh, next week. We've got our nursing home outreach that's going to be happening uh, next weekend. Uh, it's going to be happening Friday and Saturday, but we've got some opportunities for you to help. Uh, if you're new to Journey and you walked in and you saw the tree, uh, you may be shocked to find that we hang socks on trees. Uh, we're not crazy, I promise. Uh, these are for the nursing homes. We're giving them socks and we're giving them candy and little goodie bags. We're going to two overlooked areas in the community, uh, Parkside and Shady Lawn. They've become some of our best friends at Christmas time, and it's a really great thing to help them uh, during this Christmas season. If you want to help with that, there's a couple ways you can do this. Uh, you can bring in socks all the way up until Thursday of this week. You can bring in socks until Thursday. You can also bring in candy, and uh, that tub is getting pretty full. We're going to have to condense that a little bit or maybe put another tub out there. But if you want to bring in candy, you can do that too and bring in candy to this black tub. Uh, we're here every day, 8.30 to 5.30, uh, so you can do that until Thursday. You can also donate cash and check to the Tide Jug today if you want to. I believe we've got somewhere around three or $400 so far, and uh, we're going to need a little bit more to help uh, with this meal that we're providing. We're partnering with the Cynthia Cheese Store for a $6 box meal that has turkey, mashed potatoes, green beans, and I believe a slice of pumpkin pie for each resident. Uh, for only six bucks, and that's a steal today because everything has gone up in price. And so, thank you to the cheese store for doing that. Yeah, uh, here's the best thing about this partnership uh, the cheese store employees are going to the nursing homes to serve them out of burners. So, they're cooking the food all day and they're going to go and actually serve the food. And so, the way that you can help is we're going to go and give the goodie bags out, and Santa and Mrs. Claus are making an appearance 
as well, and they love Santa Claus. They love to see Santa bring gifts. So here's a, way, a couple ways you can help. You can volunteer, and there's three different ways, and I'll go through them here real quick. But if you want to leave your name and number, just go over here to this table following service. Uh, leave your name and your number, and uh, we'll reach out to you this week and just kind of remind you of some of the times. Uh, Thursday, uh, this is all happening Thursday, Friday, Saturday. So if you can't do one day, you can only do one. Totally fine. If you want to do all three days, uh, we would love that. We can use all the help we can get. Thursday, we're going to be meeting here at the church at 6.30. And uh, we're putting all of this stuff together. We're putting the socks and the candy and goodie bags. And we've got 125 that we need to do. And so if we have like 10 people and do like assembly line style, it'll get done really quick. And we'll have a light meal for us all together. It'll be a lot of fun. So if you want to help with that, you can do that. And also, we're delivering these meals Friday the 15th and Saturday the 16th, both at 4.30. This is when they eat. Uh, so they're going to be down there serving the food at 4.30. We're going to go down at 4.30 and give the goodie bags as well. So you can go down and see hands-on how it is with these residents and uh, see their faces light up when we give them a bag with just some socks and candy in it. Uh, you would think we're giving to the world. It's a really great thing. So if you want to get involved hands-on, uh, just sign up over here at this table before you leave today, or talk to me, talk to Bobby, and uh, we would love to get you involved. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about an unexpected Christmas here in a couple weeks. Uh, for two weekends, I've got the privilege of speaking, and uh, Bobby's going to be traveling. And so I've said this for the past three weeks, pray for me, and then pray for you, because I'm in charge. So I'm in charge for two weekends, so uh, yeah, pray for all of you. Don't, don't clap for that. Don't clap that I'm in charge for two weeks. That, that's dangerous right there. Uh, but I'm very excited for this message, uh, this message series, Unexpected Christmas. Bob is going to give a little bit of a teaser about today and this message he's doing today. But join us for Christmas. If you don't have a church home or if you know someone that doesn't have a church home, invite them here for Christmas on the 23rd and 24th, Saturday at 6, Sunday at 1030. It's going to be a great message. It's going to be a great weekend. And we're really excited to see you and your family uh, on Christmas weekend. So today we've got just a one weekend message. We just finished Momentum, which was a five week series. And now we're in just a one weekend message, and we're talking about Joseph, but it's not this Joseph. We're talking about Joseph in the book of Genesis, and sometimes this Christmas season can be a time of joy. It's a time of bliss. We're opening presents. It's, it's a really fun time. For some people, it's a season of hurt. It's a season of depression. It's a season of, man, I really don't feel like doing anything today. For some people, it's a really hard time. So we're going to talk about Joseph and his life and how we can relate during the Christmas season. And I think this is going to set up everything I've got to say over the next two weeks as well. So this series is called You Matter, He Is For You. Amen? Amen. Let's get started. love Christmas. I don't know what's going on, what everybody's conversations are about. Uh, I'm just excited for you. I'm excited for you that I get 
kind of give you a pre-Christmas message today. Brian's going to have a couple great messages the uh, next two weekends. And, um, I just want you to be happy. I, I really want you to be happy. I'm really thrilled because of a couple of baptisms this week. That was amazing. God is for you guys. Man, I don't care what I don't care what kind of questions you have. It's not too big for God. I, whatever, whatever it is, I'm telling you, he, he really is for you, and you really do matter. And I'm going to take you through a, I'm going to take you through a lesson today. It's a little different. It is about Joseph, but not the Joseph and Mary and baby Jesus in Bethlehem. It's the other Joseph, and he's way back in the book of Genesis, the book of beginnings. And it's funny that we all have a story, and we think that our story is different from everybody else's. Like, you know, this happened to me, and that happened to you, but really we're all just people. And God is for everyone. I mean, it's the honest, the honest truth. And, and so Christmas is a great time for, for all of us to kind of gather, huddle up, and get warm, have good food, a lot of smiles. I hope you can smile. Here's the best line. That I've heard so far on Christmas music radio was playing in Lexington. I think I was on 95.5 or one of those, whichever station is playing uh, 24 hour kind of Christmas. But I heard this line this morning as I came out. I thought, that's the best line I've ever heard for Christmas to get started. And here's what the DJ said If you listen really closely, you can hear parents taking batteries out of the toys that make noise. <laughs> Say amen? Yeah, I'm telling you. So if you give your grandkids something that makes a lot of racket, mom and dad is trying to find a way to get the back cover over that thing and get the batteries out of it as fast as they can before the kid gets a hold of it. It really is the truth. So here's the funny thing, and why I tell you that, we're all looking for the perfect tree and Brian's going to talk about this tree. He's got a tree in his uh, two-week uh, series next week and the following week, which is Christmas. He's got a tree that he's illustrating about how everybody wants to trim the tree. You want it perfect, man. You want the perfect lights, and you want the perfect garland, and you want the perfect uh, ornaments that match, and they got to all be in the right place, and everything's got to fit. But the truth is, with you and I both in Christmas and life, things don't always fit in an orderly way. And things do kind of get, it seems, random things happen. Like, how did the cat do that? I mean, you know, how did the cat get in the middle of my, how did that happen? We wonder how did things happen. And uh, so it's, it's funny that Christmas is a time that I love, but it's also a time where Santa and Jesus collide a bit. We're also jacked up trying to find out what to give somebody for a gift and we want it to be the right thing like you know for instance for instance who hasn't got a toddler or got a grandchild who, ha who hasn't seen someone's child or grandchild that was shopped for until you could drop and money was spent that you shouldn't have spent and you wanted the child to have you know the right gift and it's Christmas morning and the tree and here's the presents and you hand the child that perfect gift and they tear and rip it apart, toss that sucker aside, and five minutes later they're playing in the box. I mean, they got the box on their head. Seriously, are you crazy? I mean, what goes, I mean, it, we tried our best 
We want it to all fit. We want it to work. We want the perfect tree, perfect gift, perfect Christmas, perfect life. But through this, things do happen that are random. And we can begin to wonder, was it really worth it? Why did I do this to begin with? I don't, I don't know if I'll ever do it again. And when it comes to our faith in God and Christmas, there are two things that I want to tell you before I look at Joseph. We make the Bible too complicated, and we make Christmas too complicated. Like trying to Christmas shop for Santa gifts. Sometimes all we need is the box they can play with. Simple. Don't, you know, don't, don't lose sleep over trying to find the perfect gift. Sometimes it's just the box that's going to matter most. They can have fun with it later. And when it comes to Christmas and you and I, the Bible's got a lot of stories. I'm going to give you one today. And I'm, the story I'm going to tell you today is about the Joseph who had to pray. And so let's just start there. No matter what you're doing at Christmas, I hope it begins with prayer. I've got two more, two more ideas. They're going to show up at the end of my message. You're trying to take notes, but the first one's all about prayer. you got to start with prayer because things do happen to us. Things sometimes happen to us that are random, and we begin to wonder and question, what's wrong with me? And does God really care about me? You do matter to God, and he is for you, and it is the truth. So here's the two things in all the Bible that I want to point out. One is faith. You don't have to memorize 800,000 words. Come on, in the Bible, 66 different books or letters collected in the Bible. All kinds of stories in the Bible. God's still writing your story and my story. He wants to write a new chapter in your Christmas 2023 story. But if you're not careful, you make this so hard, it's like tearing through the package and the gift and the ribbon. And what you really needed are these two things. Like a cardboard box. No matter what. You need faith. Pray for more faith. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. So everywhere, not just Christmas, but everywhere in the Bible that you go, you're going to find this almost in every story in the Bible that people had to learn and had to discover. Don't give up on faith. God's working on it. Don't, don't believe that he's not watching and caring and Something's going to happen good and all things do work together for good eventually. Say eventually. Romans chapter 8. Yeah. So the first theme is really that we never lose our faith. And the second theme is that we never lose hope. And Romans chapter 15 says, I pray that God, the source of hope, God is the source of hope. Oh, I hope there's one more on the shelf because my kid is going to die if they don't get whatever it is that they said they got to have. And if there's not the right size, I don't know what I'm going to do. And so I'm hoping Walmart's got it. 
or Target's got it, or I hope I can find it online. I hope. And then you're let down and you're disappointed because either it wasn't there or when you got it, it really wasn't what they wanted anyway. Amen? Amen. There is a different kind of hope than that kind of hope. And that's the kind of hope that I'm saying, like faith, it is impossible to please God without faith. We've got to have faith, and you've got to keep your faith. I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you're trusting Him. you just got to trust in God when things seem to not be working out for you. I heard another DJ on the radio. He was on Caleb. Maybe you listen to Caleb. His name is Carlos. And Carlos said, don't, don't give up. Don't lose hope. He said, maybe I'm talking to people right now who have had a very difficult year. And Carlos said, my story is I had a really tough six months. The boys on the radio, on K-Love Radio, he's talking to thousands if not millions of people, and he's saying, I've had a tough year. And probably some of you would say the same thing if you're honest right now. I've had a tough year. Matter of fact, the last six months, I didn't know if I was going to make it sometimes. Probably some of you who are online listening and watching to this pre-Christmas message and what's Christmas all about is you're trying so hard to go somewhere in the Bible to find a little peace and comfort and you're trying to read a story and trying to find a story and hear somebody's story and I'm just saying, forget it. Make it easy. Grow some faith and never lose hope and God is for you and he's with you and you matter. And sometimes you're not the Joseph of, Joseph of Bethlehem, Joseph and Mary of Beth. Sometimes you're the Joseph of Genesis who got betrayed by everybody he met. Some of it is his own problem and some of it is just people. Don't give up. Amen? Keep, keep digging around. If you don't even believe half of what I've said so far, Go ahead and try it, whatever you can. But I'm telling you, just keep digging around in these two things. These two things that are in the Bible that are repeated. Everyone, it's not too hard. Everyone can reach this. It's not about the perfect tree, perfect gift, or perfect life. It's really that Jesus is for you and not against you. And he's for everybody, matter of fact. And he's working on stuff. And so let's go to Genesis 37. Let me give you, let me give you the first big idea. First one is don't don't ever give up praying. Or I don't know if it matters or not. I've been going to this hospital room for the last six, seven weeks. I've been going to see this doctor for the last six months. I haven't gotten any better. Matter of fact, I got worse. Maybe you're thinking that prayer doesn't matter. Might not have changed your health. Not yet. But prayer matters. It's a recurring theme in the Bible and learning to pray when we have trouble and our faith is weakening and we find ourselves questioning and we begin to lose hope and we feel like my life is hopeless when all of those things begin to occur that's where we really need to begin to pray so let me start with genesis 37 how do we end this year well how do we get ready for christmas in the next couple weekends like a pre-christmas message what can i learn from the other joseph say other joseph, other joseph. the other guy genesis chapter 37 let me hurry through this paraphrase. I'm not going to read all this. Genesis 37 through chapter 45. And it's all, the big idea I start with is you got to pray. And I'll give you two more here at the end. The guy Joseph in the Old Testament story, probably you've heard about him. The Joseph coat of many colors. The one who was the favored child. Maybe you became 
the sibling that was the favored one or not. I don't know. But he was the guy that all the other brothers, 11 brothers, all jealous. And this Joseph that is favored by his father and by his <coughs> father is this young, probably 17, 18 year old guy who had a great vision and big dreams of God and what God could do in his life. He had great potential that were far reaching. And some of you have got really big dreams. You're gonna go get a career. You're gonna get some education. You're gonna get a job. You're gonna get a home. You're gonna get a new family. I don't know. You have great big dreams and ambitions that are terrific. And God, you're speaking to God and you're praying to God and you're on your knees with God and you're saying your prayers at Christmas and you're folding your hands and you're doing everything you know. And so this Joseph that we're reading about in the Genesis 37 was this guy who had big dreams. Say big dreams. Don't give up dreaming. Keep dreaming. Have great ambitions. But he was a young guy. And, you know, experience is a great teacher for all of us. And the young guy became bold and he became boastful and he began to glory in his own ambitions more than he did glory in God who was helping him develop these dreams and ambitions. And he got things kind of mixed up and he began talking to his family and his brothers that God was going to make him a great ruler and leader at the end of his family. And his family resented it. So maybe people begin to resent us if it's all about us. The glory should be for God, not for us. Amen? Amen. When you're praying, the glory about our dreams and ambitions should all be for God and not for us. But that gets tricky, and it does get hard. It's hard sometimes to be humble. And so his family decided to do him in because they're jealous and they're angry and they're bitter about his favored status. And maybe people have not been fair to you. Maybe you just felt, you know, i got a cold shoulder. I don't know if I want to go to Christmas and see them again. I don't know. It does happen in families, and it sometimes happens at the holidays. And it did happen for Joseph, uh, the Joseph of Genesis. And they decide they're going to rough him up and pitch him, pitch him down, toss him down in a hole in the ground and make some plans to put, put an end to his life. But one of his brothers feels a bit of a, conscience, a guilty conscience and not really in favor of killing uh, Joseph and suggests that another idea might be that we just uh, sell him as a slave to Egypt and we'll profit from his uh, disappearance and that'll be a better plan. Maybe people have profited from you in a bad way in a nefarious kind of plan because they resented you or jealous of you or they just didn't like you or you just couldn't get along. Maybe it's happened in the Christmas office already. I don't know. Maybe it's happened where you worked or maybe around your table, but I'm telling you, things do happen and you have to pray more. You have to pray sometimes bigger prayers and imagine that God is still with us and not giving up and random things that happen and our idea of the perfect tree, the perfect Christmas, and the perfect life may not be a reality. Not for any of us. It wasn't for Joseph, either Joseph. Joseph of Bethlehem or Joseph of Genesis. And so it is during this time of Joseph's uh, incarceration where he is introduced to Pharaoh and he's been in prison for a couple of years in jail for things that were not his fault. Maybe things happened to you. You got with the wrong crowd of people and it cost you a lot and you're still paying for it because you were with the wrong people. I don't know. 
things do happen. Sometimes it just feels like I was at the wrong place at the wrong time. But God being God, and in the story of Joseph, Joseph's name is offered up to Pharaoh because Joseph had allowed other people to understand and learn that he could interpret dreams because God helped him do that. God gave him a gift. Maybe you have gifts and abilities that God has given you and try, trying to keep all this about God and the glory to God is the key to Christmas and life and happiness and faith and hope. So keeping all this kind of lined up is something that we have to all work on. And so Joseph is working on this while he's been in jail for a couple of years. He's discovered and, and get this now, even though his life, has been, his outward life has been spiraling out of control, it looks like, because he was betrayed by his family and his brothers and sold as a slave, God's still working on things. A couple of years, this, this was going on that he got arrested, he got taken away, he became a slave in Egypt, and he's now in a place where he doesn't have his freedom but he still remains faithful to God. He still has hope in God. He still has big dreams and ambitions of God. So maybe you lost somebody this year. Maybe you lost them to death or divorce, or maybe you lost something this year, a job or your income or your health. Maybe things happened that just you didn't have any control over, and you have to you know, decide you know, as you pray about God's still working on things. You have to pray that you're not going to give up and that you're going to trust God more and believe God more and elevate your prayer as God tries to elevate you and restore your faith. And that's how it works. It's this thing that God does with us and through us even when it's difficult. So Joseph's inner life was being planned and directed so that in his position He's recognized again, and uh, finally he's elevated to second in command in Egypt because of the ability to, to uh, interpret dreams. In Genesis chapter 41, it says, so Pharaoh said to this guy, Joseph, who'd been in jail a couple of years, I'm going to put you in charge of the whole land of Egypt. So this period happened after a couple of years where it seemed like he was without hope. How long have you been waiting? How long have you been waiting for something to happen where you've been praying every day and every night and throughout the day for your big dreams and ambitions and you're wondering if this Christmas things could be different? But this year has been a really hard year. I wish I could tell you everything that's happened to me the last six months. Maybe you've got that kind of story. But when God gets involved and you begin to have faith in God that he can do the impossible without faith it's impossible to please God. And when you have this hope that God is the source of hope, you never feel hopeless. Genesis chapter 45, put that on the screen, Fred. Genesis 45, the message paraphrase says, Joseph couldn't hold himself in any longer. Keeping up a front before his attendants, he cried out, leave, clear out, everyone leave. So there was no one with Joseph when he identified himself to his brothers. A funny thing happened over about 20 years in Joseph's story. After being recognized that he could interpret dreams, Potiphar's household, he was, a, he was recognized and came out of there to become a butler and a cupbearer and everything was going fine with uh, Potiphar who was an officer in the cabinet of 
the king and Pharaoh. But he got accused of something he didn't do. It was a sexual assault that uh, Potiphar's wife said, you know, come to bed with me. And he said, no, there's no way. The, your, your husband trusts me with everything in his kingdom, and I certainly it would be wrong for me to take, have any advances toward you. And she was so mad and angry about being turned down, she accused him of doing the unthinkable, and he went to jail for those two years. That's how it all happened. Somebody accused him of doing something he didn't do, and maybe somebody did that to you. You just have to pray, man. When, when things happen, they're like, where did that come from? And what can I do? You have to keep praying. Say, pray. That God's working on things, and, and he is working on things, and he did get discovered by Pharaoh later. But man, 20 years is a long time to wait. And so by the time we get to Genesis 45, we left Genesis 37, and by the time you get over here in this chapter, Joseph now has a chance to reunite with his brothers who betrayed him in the beginning, who sold him off as a slave and hoped they'd never see him again. And so his entire family, his brothers and his father, and they come to Egypt, and they don't know that Joseph's alive, but he's the one that's in charge of all the food during the famine, and it is Joseph who saves his family's life, who betrayed him earlier. What a story. Amen? Amen. Who knows what God might do with you before you're finished here? Now, some of you are elderly, and I'm not the youngest guy in the room myself. If you give up on God this Christmas, if you give up on God too soon, if you just cash it in and say, what the heck is not going to work out? What you might miss is this opportunity to see what God can really do. you got to have faith and never lose hope. Those are the gifts of Christmas and every day that really matter. Amen? Amen? And for Joseph, he never gave up on the inside. On the outside, it didn't look so good. He didn't have the best looking clothes, and he didn't eat the best food for about 20 years. Until he actually got recognized and elevated and put in charge, and that took a while. And so what do we do when it seems like we don't have the power we don't have what it takes to not give up and lose hope. What do we do? We pray more. Say, pray more. Pray more. I don't mean some preacher's prayer. I don't mean that you got to get down on two knees or lay on the ground on your face. Or Maybe that works for you. That's fine. I'm just telling you, talk to God. I don't care how you do it. I don't care where you do it. Just do it. Pray about everything. Pray constantly. Be in season and out of season about everything. And just keep talking to God who is working on it. And he does when random things happen to us that we can't explain. And somebody's cat got in the middle of my Christmas tree and my, my ornaments are everywhere and half of them are broken. When it looks like your life is over for Christmas, it, maybe it's not. Say, maybe not? Maybe not. Things can happen and God is going to do something. And so in Joseph's life, he's got his family back together. They don't even know that he's the guy that's in charge. They don't recognize him. It's been 20 years. Clear out, he says. Everybody leaves. So there was no one with Joseph when he identified himself. Would you have done that? If these were the guys that threw you in a hole in the ground who were jealous of you when you were 17, and they didn't even know who you were now, that you were an adult some 25 years later, would you have 
revealed who you really are or would you put your little finger on them for a little while and said, I'm going to make you uh, suffer for a little bit here. Which would have you done? Joseph did the right thing. His heart was right inside, even though on the outside everything was a mess. His life was a mess for much of that time. So how did he do that? How did he hang on and not let his heart get all screwed up and whacked out and crazy? Like, I want revenge. I'm going to get even. How do you do that? Pray more that God might change us, not lose hope that we might help others, and sometimes even help those who have betrayed us. Say amen? Amen. What a story. I'm telling you, it's a Joseph story. That's not the one that I, we're going to talk about with Joseph and Mary and baby Jesus, but it's very similar Joseph and Mary, it didn't go so well in their life either. As Herod tried to kill every baby in town. Talk about genocide. Yeah. What if your baby is the only one that made it out? You know, Jesus. Baby Jesus. The rest of them, fill them in a river. Yeah. yeah that's, that's part of Christmas too. Kind of a sad time for somebody's family. And maybe it is for you. If you are sitting here listening to what I'm saying, and I'm telling you guys that the real message for us to take away is that we pray and we have faith, never lose hope, because God is the source of our hope. And sometimes if we don't give up and we don't try to, you know, break somebody's teeth to get even, and sometimes things do happen. Even when you felt like you've been shafted by people that you used to know and Maybe we're related to you or whatever, some stranger. Just pray. I said this last night, and I'll say it again. I don't know. I got a laugh last night, so I guess it's okay. You're praying. I know you're praying, and you're praying for your enemies. I know you that you have to if you love Jesus, because Jesus really is right. But sometimes I think we're just praying to get hemorrhoids. You know, I hope, you know. I'm going to pray for you, but I hope you get him always first. Yeah. <laughs> That's probably not what it is. Merry Christmas. But we're people, and I know that, and, you, and I realize that, and God, God loves us anyway, but try your best to pray. Try your best. Here's the three things that I said, and I'm starting with this thing, three steps for our Christmas, really to be the, the best whatever expectations you have about your tree and your ornaments and your Christmas gifts, if you can hang on to faith and hope, and it begins with praying, and so the Jesus birth in the Bible, when all the babies were being drowned in the river, and they were trying to kill baby Jesus, and Matthew chapter 2, and everybody was trying to run for their life, prayer becomes vital for our survival, so just don't Stop praying. Pray about everything, especially in seasons when people have holidays and things can go wrong. James chapter 5, put that on the screen. Look, look, at, the, look at this verse about prayer. Confess your sins. Start with, start with yourself like, God, I did pray for them, but I prayed for the wrong thing. I prayed that they might be, they might be injured because they injured me. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and wonderful results. Verse 17, Elijah was a human person just like all of us, and yet when he prayed earnestly, how do you pray earnestly? Try another synonym. 
Try another replacement for earnestly. If you're only praying when you're in trouble, if you're only praying when you need some crisis resolved, you're not praying earnestly. If you're only praying when you need money, when you need a job, you're not praying earnestly. If that's the only prayer that you pray, earnestly is that we pray throughout the day. He prayed earnestly that no rain would fall, and, and you got to pray the will of God, that it's the will of God. Then he prayed again for rain, and down it poured, the grass turned green, and the crops began to grow again. God seldom early, he's never late, he knows exactly what you need. He's working on it. And so you have to pray, and how should we pray? Pray that God will heal their hurt. Hurt people hurt people. So whoever it was that betrayed you, whoever it was that snuffed you out or you know, ratted you out to somebody, whoever it was that turned you in, whoever it was that was just unfair to you, they're probably hurt too because somebody hurt them. They're probably, they probably need some help as well. So pray for God to help the person that hurt you, hurting people, hurt other people, and uh, pray for your enemies. Luke chapter 6, but I tell you, who hear me, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you. Even those people that have decided, I'm done with you, I don't want to be your friend anymore. Pray pray God will heal their, their hurt and pray, to, pray for God to forgive them. Pray for God to forgive them. Because they're in trouble and they need God too. It's a challenge, it's a sobering challenge to try to pray for people who've hurt us and then it's a really difficult thing for us to forgive them when they betrayed us. But it is possible with God's help that even that can happen. So uh, passage in Matthew chapter 18 tells us his followers are to work things out that are difficult to do because God will help us when it comes to forgiveness. At that point, Peter got up the nerve to ask Jesus, Master, how many times do I forgive a brother or sister who hurts me? And he gave the right answer. He gave the Jewish answer. Seven was the perfect number. Seven represents God. So if you were a good Jewish person, you used the number seven all the time. You lived at house number seven. If you could pick a number to put on your door, you wanted seven, because seven represented the perfect number, the number of God in the Bible. And so they said, hey, I'm not going to say, should I forgive him a couple times? I'm going to say the best number this, that is in the Jewish faith, seven times. And Jesus said, let's turn this around. There's, there's really uh, an endless number of times. Seventy times seven. Jesus said, seven is not enough. You, you just keep forgiving the other person and ask God to help you. Seventy times seven. So pray for their hurt and pray to forgive that they might be forgiven too as you try to forgive them. Matthew 18. And pray, give them the Jesus blessing that you can Everybody needs to have a Jesus story. The other Jesus story started. That's the three points that I had. Pray and forgive and bless. If you haven't gotten it yet, that's it. That's it. That's the three things in the message today is that we pray and that we forgive and that we give the Jesus blessing. Bless those, Luke chapter 6, bless those who curse you and pray for those who mistreat you. And that's how Christmas becomes different. It's not about the perfect gift or the perfect... Uh, Christmas ham or the perfect Christmas dinner or the perfect Christmas under the tree, the gift that we've chosen, but it really is that we have faith 
and we have hope and that we decide that we're going to follow these three steps, that we're going to pray, we're going to forgive and give away the Christmas blessing to everybody, even sometimes our enemies, our in-laws that show up unexpectedly, our outlaws that come and eat all the good food on the table, whoever that might be. Whomever that person is, we're going to love them too because God loves them as well. Pray, forgive, and bless others with the Jesus blessing, giving them even better than they deserve. Give it, give it away. Here's Genesis chapter 50, verse 20. And then we'll take communion. I think I told my sister Connie Bell. I think I brought this up several years ago. But I ran across this passage in Genesis chapter 50, verse 20, and it's called the Joseph Principle. And I was like, I wonder what that means. Well, let me read it. Let me read it. It's the Joseph principle for life. Things didn't work out for you the last six months. Didn't turn out like you expected. What should we do? Genesis 50 verse 20, after all this happens in Joseph's life, he says to his brother, you intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. The two Josephs have a lot in common. Baby Jesus, born in Bethlehem, came to save the world. You know why you're still here? And you haven't died yet? You're on a mission, like Joseph, to save other lives. I don't mean like Jesus saves the world. I mean like give them the Jesus blessing even when it's not deserved. Pray for them and forgive them and even bless them. Amen? Amen. That's the best gift that we could receive or share at Christmas. These guys, if you will, take those trays and we're going to pass communion. You guys are all I hope that you two will join us. And I'm going to read a verse of scripture. it's okay when our child tears through that package that cost us blood, sweat, and tears and half of our paycheck and 
we sat up anxious many nights trying to figure out what to give them, what they would enjoy. And they just tossed it aside for the old box. You know what makes that okay? You love them. In any way, in spite of God, right? We don't treat his gift, Jesus, right. Why would he bother with us? Same reason. We go play with old stuff like the cardboard box instead of the real gift of Jesus. And he loves you anyway. John chapter 4 God is love that's why that's why you take this that's why because even though we've ignored him and hadn't had time for him and didn't really care to talk about your gift except at Christmas I don't want to talk about it God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in him. In this way, love is made complete among us so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment. We all know we've done wrong. We all know that we've taken advantage of the gift that God gave us, which is mercy, grace, and forgiveness in Jesus on the cross. But we've throwing it aside for something else that caught our eye. We have confidence on the day of judgment because in this world we are like him. We're like our daddy. We're like our heavenly Abba Father. Because of Jesus we are reborn. Boy, I got a mean streak in me. Boy, I tell you, if you get me to drinking, I'll be drinking too many drinks. Yeah, yeah, it's true. I can't stop spending. I've got a spending habit I can't control. I've got a thought pattern that I hope nobody ever discovers. I'm not who I pretend to be. If you really knew who I was and what I was like, I knows. But he loves you anyway. That's what love does. Verse 18. There is no fear in love. If you're afraid of God finding out something, you don't understand God. He already knows. And he loves you anyway. Like you picked up the cardboard box and played with that instead. Perfect love drives out fear. Because fear has to do with punishment. You're afraid you'll get caught from jail. <laughs> 
That's why you don't want a DUI. You'll lose your driving privileges. You'll lose your job, and you might sit in jail for a long time. That's why you don't want to drink and drive. We're afraid of punishment. We come into this world, and it doesn't take us very long that we want to do it our way, and we try to sneak around and do it our way. We don't want to change. We just don't want to get caught because of the punishments. God's watching. God's aware. He knows all this. And he loves you in spite of that. He loves you and me in spite of how we can be. It's not about fear. It is about love. Perfect love cast out all fear. If you're afraid of God, you got the wrong picture of God. He is a good, good father. More than I can describe. If you haven't made a decision like these girls on Thursday, you need to make a Jesus decision before Christmas Day. Not because you're afraid of getting punished, but because you realize God loves you and he already knows the mess that you are. Perfect love drives out fear. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. We love because he first loved us. Bread. say you love us when we get our stuff cleaned up, straightened up, sobered up it just says you loved us first may we try to imagine what that looks like, like the child under the tree Christmas who's got this extravagant gift <clears throat> tore it all to pieces and cast it aside for some cardboard box that was an imitation of a gift We've all taken the imitation of this world. It's not a real gift. It's not eternal life. It's not forgiveness, mercy, and grace. You loved us with a gift that we could not buy or purchase or earn or deserve. And it is the mercy and grace of forgiveness because of Jesus on the cross for each of us. That's why he was born in Bethlehem. May we look into that more deeply. In Jesus' name. Drop your cups in that basket. Put your offering in the plate. If you want to help us, give away socks and $6 boxes from the cheese store. Put something in the diet We are better together. God bless you. Merry Christmas. And you guys who are home, hope you can join us for unexpected Christmas with Brian the next couple of weekends. And come back here inside and bring somebody with you. Let's do this. One more song, guys. You're with us. You're here with us. Let's all sing this last song. You're going to enjoy it. Let's sing the joy and happiness.